Ishmael told me he heard a lot of Baptist preachers screaming this text. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. This preacher sometimes screams this text too. It's one of those texts that feels like it should be screamed. It's pretty straightforward. Calling in, calling out. The context of this, most people think, is the Babylonian exile. Post-exile, Isaiah or somebody in Isaiah's name writing to God's people, chastising them, clearly, for not being who God has called them to be. Now, they have reason to not be who God called them to be. They are a traumatized people, a hurt people, a, a lost, flailing people who've been without a temple, without a space, without a place, people who have been syncretized into the religion of Babylon, Baal, intermarried people, impure people, not as holy people. But once Cyrus lets the people go back home, they begin to think, how do we find our way back to who we were in those days, in those good old days? Yeah, in those good old days. How do we find our way back uh, <laughs> to the rituals that sustained us? to the right-looking religion, to the fasting and feasting and the bending and standing and praying. Do you know how many Jewish holidays there are in the fall? Like a gazillion, at least 17. And a holiday about the holiday. And all of these holidays felt to Israel that they put them in right relationship with God, and that was enough. So now they've been to Babylon, they've had a little taste of honey, a little taste of a different kind of life, and they're getting back to the ritual, but their hearts haven't been changed. In fact, their hearts have taken on a little bit of empire. In fact, they've taken on the ways of their neighbor. So even if they're doing the rituals, they're oppressing their workers. Even though they're doing the rituals, their servants are not getting paid a living wage. Even though they're doing the rituals, they have not changed their behavior back to being the people of God. They are fake. Was that too hard? <laughs> they are just a little fraudulent. And they're trying to figure out why God isn't showing up the way they want God to show up. They've got a bad theology about this, is what I'm really wanting to say. Like, if we, then God will. Right? If we manipulate, if, sorry, if we manipulate God with our rituals and our prayers and our right life and our beads and the things, then God is going to show up the way we want God to show up. This kind of theology is not unique to Israel, but Isaiah is screaming, the preachers are screaming, into that world and this world, fake, fake it till you make it isn't going to make it with God. I say, fake it till you make it, isn't going to make it with God. So let me just fast forward to 2022 and <laughs> just skip over centuries and drop right here into the present. I'm being playful, but I really, I really still miss my mom so much. And in these days, it was like my mother was my therapist, uh, 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 kind of like a, a free therapist. You call home and she'd say, hey, precious, what's going on? And she could hear in my voice the things that were troubling me and I could pour them out. And she said, girl, just keep talking. I'm listening. And that was like, again, free therapy. Um, but also there was something about her that was a cue always to me to the world. 
Like, look at my mom's face and see a window to the world. How do I respond to the world since I was little, right? So I miss her as we continue to COVID, to COVID battle, even though we're pretending it's over. How many of your friends have gotten sick while COVID's over? What in the hell, heck? Folks not wearing masks on the airplane, munching and chewing and drinking drinks and shots and carrying on? Put your mask on. We've lost such a disproportionate number of black and brown people. I feel really offended, honestly. Offended that we're pretending that COVID is over. But our society isn't built for us. So when Biden says it's over, you can wear a mask if you want to. Chinese people, black people, brown people, immunocompromised people are still going to get sick, but our lives don't matter. And because POTUS dared to call COVID the Chinese flu, our Chinese aunties still get their butts kicked because they somehow caused this disease. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Words matter, attitudes matter, lies matter. And in this context, I miss my sweet mom's face, her words. I feel like if she was here, I'd be whining and crying. And I'd be saying, Mommy, even though the fire was two years ago, there's a fire every damn day about the fire. Right, Vicki? Every day, a fire about the fire. It does not stop burning. And aren't you traumatized by that? When you see the pictures and the flames and the gold by the building? I cannot believe it. If mommy were here, I'd be saying, what about that facade, mama? What about that neighbor? And then I'd say more words that you don't want to hear me say right now. I miss her as I watch the news. I miss her every time I see a repeat of that capital insurrection called a protest. What horse caca is that? Those flag-waving, cross-bearing, insurrectionists White supremacists violently protesting a fair and just election where the twice impeached incumbent POTUS doesn't win. That's how I feel. How about you? It's shocking, horrifying, mystifying, soul crushing to see that a sociopath could be elected in the first place and then be revered for being a lying, cheating, racist, sexist, anti-Semitic, xenophobic, opportunist in chief. Not mincing words today. Y'all think I have two personalities, don't you? Last week I'm all, let's let the people come. Today I'm like, insurrectionists. I know, it's on purpose. I'm a Gemini, what can I tell you? One of these things, anyway. And thousands follow him. And I used to have this, like, I feel sorry for the thousands of people who were tricked by Trump. But now I think it's kind of obvious. So what's up with that? And it makes me think about those Jewish people, those Judeans who came back from Babylon. They knew what time it was in Babylon. They knew Baal was bull. <laughs> They knew that that wasn't God's work and world, but yet they took it in. Did they take it in because they were traumatized? I think so. Did they take it in because they were lost and broken? I think so. I think they took it in because it made them feel good, to quote Halle Berry from that movie. It made them feel good. You know the movie I'm talking about? Halle Berry ends up in a sexual relationship with the man that killed her husband. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. If you're going to get in the bed with the man that killed your husband, you're traumatized. 
and you just want to feel good. And I think what we're watching right now is a traumatized people wanting to feel good. And you might say to yourself, why are the white supremacists traumatized? Let me tell something to you. <laughs> they are traumatized because this America isn't the one they thought they bought. They are traumatized because they be, feel replaced by black and brown people. They feel a loss and an eruption of power. They feel like capitalism only works for a few of them because they ain't stupid. And it ain't nothing trickling down. So there's a lot of grief and a lot of rage, a lot of white rage. Is everybody with me? That, that rage puts some folks in a trance. And I think they picked Trump because they wanted a mean, bad daddy to kick somebody's behind. Anybody's behind would do it. But that would make them feel better. Are you tracking? They follow him like he's a messiah. But actually, he's the antichrist. And like all the antichrists pointed to by the prophets, He's not good for us. And he's not good for them. They just don't know what else. I mean it. That's my compassionate Jackie. The other one spoke already. He's a liar, a false prophet, and that unquestioning devotion to him by a significant number of white evangelical Republicans and by some people of color, too, is frightening to me. P.S., by the way, just because you're black and you run fast doesn't mean you're qualified to be a senator. But let's come back to that another time. A little feisty today. This time smells to me of Mussolini and Hitler. It smells of fascism and Holocaust. It smells of apartheid, all of which the United States of America exported around the globe. All of this empire and white supremacy and not them but us. We sent it all around the globe. We evangelized the globe, baptized the globe in white supremacy and hatred. And some of us are really proud of it. Christian with a lowercase c. Christian-ish with a lowercase c. Asserts that chosenness and privilege and masculinity and straight is evidence of a birthright to dominate this nation and the globe and all the people in it. I don't like it. How about you? And all the good people of ferocious courage and radical truth-telling know this to be true. My brother's sister is a Republican. She knows this to be true, but doesn't know how to get out of it. She doesn't know the way out. So they may not say in mixed company or at the water cooler or at the community meeting or at the end of a Zoom meeting, they might not say, this doesn't really feel like God to me. Just like Israel knew Baal didn't feel like God to them. They knew their fake fasting wasn't really about God. We are not dealing with stupid neighbors. We're dealing with fearful neighbors. This is my new understanding that makes me think about the tactics and strategies to help them to repent, to repair, as we reclaim Christian. These folks might not even go to the polls to vote because pulling the lever they know might make their stomach turn but they don't know their way out. They don't know their way out. 
They know there's something about the bravado and the bold face lying of those in power that makes them feel queasy and icky and yucky, but they don't know their way out. They know black lives matter. They know what time it is. They know the economy sucks. They know science is real. They know the earth is in trouble, but they can't find their way home. It's a dilemma, isn't it? Are we gonna hate the people who are so hateful? Still watching Fox, drinking a beer, acting like Mike Flynn is really somebody's angel, when in fact he's trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for politics. <laughs> it's a political sermon this morning because Jesus was political. It's a political sermon this morning because this text is political. This text is written to a people, to a polis, to a people who understood that they had been squished and squeezed and changed and polluted and diluted, and they were not really serving God the way they wanted to, needed to, but they didn't really know their way. So Isaiah is shouting at them. Shout, shouting at them. This is not working. So I am shouting, this is not working. This is not working. Can you believe it's not working? Can you believe Mississippi still doesn't have clean water in Jackson, but we stopped talking about it? Can you believe Puerto Rico can't be rebuilt? Can you believe it? Can you believe Flint still doesn't have clean drinking water? Can you believe the economy of a state called Mississippi in which 40% of the people live before the below the poverty line? Can you believe it? Mama, if you were here, I'd say, Mama, you left Mississippi. You left Jim Crow. It still stinks, honey, down there. You left to find your thrill on Blueberry Hill with Dad on an Air Force base. And they still ain't got what they need down in Mississippi. I'd say, Mommy, they made a movie about Emmett Till, but the woman who lied on him and got him killed is still out there having gingerbread with her kids. Because she's old and white, and no one's going to make her pay for her crime. She's free. He's dead. I'd say I'm tired of living in a country that treats black grief as a threat and white rage as a sacrament. I say I'm tired of living in a country that treats black grief as a threat and white rage as a sacrament. When we were marching out there uh, all the times, Supreme Court putting stupid man on the court, trying to make climate change real all the times we went down there and got arrested. Nobody was opening the door. Come on, baby, come, come on in here. Come on. Nobody was opening the door for us. Nobody was making a way for us. It was insane, the difference between the way those folks were treated and the way we were treated. The Capitol Police did not, you know, they were not taking pictures of us and saying, thank you, here's some water. No, that's not what happened. So let's be clear. I think if those insurrectionists were a bunch of black people, um, we'd have a whole different story right now. Be all those dead people that were on the mall, all those dead people, and how do you bury them? Because they wouldn't have lived to talk about it. We keep saying that that's not who we are, but this is who we are. This is, in fact, who we are. But it's not who we have to be. It's just not who we have to be. Now, Mama, you're not here, so I can't tell you that I just found out that when I was watching you, and learning how to be a liberal activist, you had been watching your mother, my grandmother, my dear, my dear before 
Tyler Perry, Charles, my dear. And my dear was, while you were watching my dear, you were watching her chopping cotton in the fields because you were three and four years old making $3 a day with your mother, mama. And you know who was in the fields also with them? Fannie Lou Hamer. I didn't know that. Fannie Lou Hamer chopping cotton next to my grandmother. Yeah, sitting on the porch with my mother. My mother, knee baby, you know, the knee baby thing. Like my mama listening and watching and overhearing, overhearing two older black women talk about what freedom looked like, talk about voting rights, talk about how we deserve to have a just society, getting bullets shot in their windows because they're registering people to vote, but they did it. White grief hates black, excuse me, white rage hates black grief. But black grief is power. I can't talk. Black grief is power. Fannie Lou Hamer's grief was power. Took her into the world to be recruited by SNCC. After getting her behind beat, she kept on working for the kingdom because she didn't have time to die. Black grief? Black grief is Martin King saying, Love is justice correcting everything that stands against justice. Black grief is Jackie Lewis screaming to you in the pulpit. Black grief is all of those young people in Ferguson standing up for love is love is love is love. Black grief is power. Black grief is power against white rage. And right in here, I want you to make my grief your own. I want you to interject, to take in, to be stunned by, hurt by, wounded by the black grief of centuries of black people maligned in this nation whose lives don't matter and take that to the polls with you to vote for my life. White rage has ruled our nation. It's why we have the Klan. It's why we had segregation. It's why after church on Sunday, people took the little children, took them out to the field, had a picnic, and watched black bodies fold apart. White rage is why Congress finally granted the rights of citizenship to black men, only now for that Voting Rights Act to be gutted, for affirmative action to be gutted. White rage is why we have a white nationalist movement. Black grief is why we have civil rights. Black grief is why we've got justice. Black grief is what I want you to take with you to the polls. And yes, everything's on the ballot. Trans is on the ballot. Gay is on the ballot. Women's rights is on the ballot. Climate and science is on the ballot. All of that's on the ballot. Economic justice is on the ballot. But black grief is the central sin in this nation. The, the sin of whiteness has caused the black grief in this nation. The sin of whiteness has caused the trans issues in this nation. Are you with me? I feel like I'm, 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 I'm so upset I'm not sure I'm clear. We have a whiteness problem. And the indigenous people suffered because of it, and the black people suffered because of it, and the trans and queer people suffered because of it. But my black grief is the crux, the, the, the essential wound, it, the scar is my black life.
I want you to take that in. I don't want us to pretend like everything's everything, because everything's not everything. Black people's lives in this nation are still under assault. Take it in. Take it to the polls. Take it to the streets. If we, if we, we have a movie to show. If we, the scripture says, if we stand up for each other, if we feed our kin, if we pull the naked into our household and take care of them, if we see our brothers and sisters as our people, then our light will rise up like a dawn. Then our names will be changed and we'll be called repairers of the breach and restorers of the streets to live in. If we, if we can see ourselves as inextricably connected, we can heal this land of what's broken. And that's our job.